HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. This week on Meat and 3, we're getting semantic to understand the deeper meaning behind some of the foods we love. First, we'll look at the big debate happening around the word milk. Who the hell are you to tell me what is the name of my product and my landscape and everything we've cared about when, you know, you don't have anything invested in except to put out a little money to buy it? <laughs> it's our entire life. Then we get the lowdown on the language of cider. So the first thing that's really confusing about dryness is that it has nothing to do with how something actually feels in your mouth. And finally, we get our fill of tiki talk. You don't walk into a tiki bar and be like, oh yeah, this is what Polynesia is probably like. Like, it's, it's supposed to be like fantasy and stuff. That's the hard part. It's so easy to do tiki bad, and that's where it gets a bad name. Tune into this week's episode of Meat and 3. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, the communications director at Heritage Radio Network, and I am joined by my co-host, Katie Mosman-Wadler, as always. Hey, Kat. Happy 420. Happy 420. It's that day. It is. It's definitely that day. We have a thematic episode today. We do. Bonus. We have a whole team in the studio with us today. Um, We have got our brand newest intern, Rory White. Welcome, Rory. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we have our program manager, Hannah Forden, joining us. Happy 420, you guys. <laughs> She's beaming. It's a national holiday. <laughs> we have our studio engineer, Amanda Wang. Hello, hello. And we have special guest, Priya Krishna, also joining us today. Okay. Just She's been here. Day. She's been here <laughs> since like Thursday, just hanging out. She's just moving in. Just camping out. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We'll stay for pizza. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and some other uh, special guests, uh, one of whom is furry and wagging her tail, and some extra special guests to join us for today's theme. Do you we want to do. Um, our extra special guest of honor today is Chris Joseph, the, C- the founder and CEO of the Portland-based Wild Root Spirit and Wild with a Y, Wild Canna. Welcome, Chris. Hi there. Thank you for having us. Um, so, Chris, tell us what brings you to New York and um, what's new in the world of wild both 
with a Y and with an I. Yes. Well, thank you for having us again. Uh, we came out here to share all of our great products with you. So we brought some of our gummies and some of our spirits and so we can share some of our story. Um, but yes, we're a Pacific Northwest distillery, most known for our fruit infused vodkas. And we also have similar company with the edibles with THC and CBD. And I became familiar with the um, edibles last fall um, when we traveled to Portland. And I was very excited to hear from uh, you guys. And I'm excited to hear the story behind the products because they're beautiful and eye-catching and delicious. And now I'm, and I want to I want to know the most beautiful packaging yeah. I've ever seen Thank you. on these products. Absolutely. So, yeah, I can't wait to get in, into like the story behind it. So uh, we're going to do that in just a minute. But first, we have a quick announcement to make. We have an event coming up. Yes, we do. Um, you may have seen it in the New York Times food section this week if you are into that kind of thing. What up? Thank you, Florence Fabricant, uh, for picking up the story. We are hosting our good friend Lou Bank. Uh, Friday, April 26th. I had to remember that we we're still in April. Yes, we are. April 26th at 6.30 until 8 o'clock. It is called So You Think You Know Mezcal. And uh, if you know Lou, you know that he brings back incredible and rare agave expressions from his frequent trips to Oaxaca. They come in hand-labeled bottles um, that he has carried back in his suitcase. Really, really special things to try. He brings all the stories. We are having it in the upstairs of El Cortez, just around the corner from here at Roberta's and around the corner from our office. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, so you're going to have all kinds of tastes of incredibly rare agave spirits and uh, order a tiki drink while you're there. Get some huge and amazing nachos while you're there. And there's it's an alligator really fun. on the wall. Yeah. What's not to love? So please join Upstairs. us. Tickets are on Eventbrite, or you can go to heritageradionetwork.org slash sacred, because sacred is the name of Lou's nonprofit organization that promotes the well-being of agave spirits producers in Oaxaca. So good. Heritageradionetwork.org slash sacred. We will see you there. Tickets are going fast, so by the time this show airs, maybe there won't be any left. So if there aren't, sorry, there's a wait list. If there are, buy them now. While they last. Okay, uh, now we have a few headlines for you. So, Katie, take it away. Okay, so since we're going to be talking a bit about cannabis on today's show, we have a few other episodes to recommend on that subject. First up, episode 346 of The Farm Report, Say Hello to Hemp, is about the interesting role hemp has played in American history. Did you know that the Declaration of Independence was drafted on hemp paper, for instance? In this episode, Lisa Held talks to Joy Beckerman. She's the president of the Hemp Industries Association about the growing market for hemp, get it? <laughs> and also to Tara Caton of the Rodale Institute's Hemp Trial about hemp's many benefits in farming. And another thematic recommendation for you on episode 115 of Eating Matters, uh, quote unquote, not so high times. Jenna Liu talks to journalist Lisa Gill about the explosion of CBD products in recent times. Um, Gill is an expert in the public health and drug field and the deputy editor of Consumer Reports, um, and she has covered the issue extensively, so check that out. Also, I'm going to jump in here with, um, if you did get your interest piqued by the reference to High Times, you can go back in the archive on Heritage Radio Network to hear the full 250 episodes of Arts and Seizures hosted by none other than Mike Edison, former longtime editor-in-chief of High Times. That's a good recommendation. Uh, we also have an episode of Meat in 3 to recommend. 
our episode 16, The Grass is Greener, was focused on that sweet, sweet Mary Jane. From the recreational use of marijuana and new efforts to legalize in states across the country to the resurgence of hip farming in the American South, weed seems like it's here to stay. All right. Um, Okay. So back to Chris. Um, Chris, when did you start Wild Canna? Well, first of all, was Wild Canna the first uh, endeavor or was it Wild Root Spirits? I started Wild Roots first, and so that was in college back in 2013 is when we launched. You started in college? Yes, so I was technically uh, 21. Um, when I was <laughs> technically 21. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so I mean, 20, 21, <laughs> but the brand did launch when I was 23. Okay. Right. Um, what made you decide that that was going to be the business you would go into, distilling? I knew I wanted to start a business. I had no idea it'd be liquor and cannabis. Um, it just, when I looked at the market itself with alcohol, you know, um, distilling and creating a product was more of a hobby at the time. But when I actually looked at the market and looked at it on a commercial uh, perspective, there really wasn't an all natural uh, fruit infused vodka with our proof and with our color. So I saw a hole in the market, even though it's one of the most oversaturated markets in the world, I, I ended up finding a hole in that. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a whole group of people that appreciate an honest, true, and real product. And so that's what we're about with Wild Roots. So talk a little bit more about that. So you're, you're making fruit-infused vodkas. Why, why was there an, a niche uh, for you to go into making these with, like, fruits in a way that weren't the flavored vodkas that you see like right. at the package store, you know? Right. You know, so the vodka market itself is is very, very saturated. So you can find vodkas that are whipped cream. You can find some that are... Cotton candy. Cotton candy, <laughs> cake batter. There's a lot of different ones. But um, I grew up in the Northwest. That's where I'm from. from. So Wild Roots, Roots being my roots. Um, I really wanted to create a product and a brand in a company that tied back to that. And one of the best ways I could do that was creating a product with the, the with the flavors of that's in our backyard. So raspberries, marionberries, which are Oregon blackberries, um, pears, cranberries, they all grow wilder in our backyard. So I wanted to utilize our natural resources and create a handcrafted product with those. Did you have a culinary background in high school and college? No, I went to school for business management and finance. Mm-hmm. So what? More of a hobby. Um, how did you kind of develop your palate at a pretty young age around <laughs> creating these products, which are <laughs> very, uh, you know, very elegant and, and nothing like the uh, cotton candy vodka or the bacon vodka or many other uh, vodkas? Did you just say bacon vodka? There oh my is. god! Regret, <laughs> regret is the is the sound of my voice right That's now. That's a real thing. There's yeah. a salmon vodka too. Salmon that yeah. I can get behind. That actually sounds better. <laughs> if you make them in Bloody Marys, I heard they're good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. We I, I do not recommend the bacon vodka straight under any circumstances <laughs> you will cry and uh you can never untaste that yeah but so yeah so back to chris so how mm-hmm. how did you come up with sort of this very elegant and and nuanced palette that you did um when kind of the competition were these kind of fakey right flavors mm-hmm. yeah so honestly my job was pretty easy in creating a new product um, and creating Wild Roots flavors, and that's because we're very true to the fruit itself. We don't use any artificial flavoring or coloring, so for me, when I want to create, say, a, a raspberry vodka, we just use raspberries with our vodka. It's actually fairly fairly simple to that. You don't have to put a bunch of different flavors to create a raspberry when the fruit itself is perfect as is. So, so, that, so putting, when you're like, okay, raspberry vodka, raspberries and vodka, um, that sounds like uh, a great idea but not necessarily an earth-shattering one 
for like using the actual fruit to derive the flavor. So why was that an open, well, like why was that the blue ocean and why um, were you the first to do that? And I feel like there's maybe a little more innovation here in what you're doing. Right. You know, when you look at the market, um, a lot of the big players, what they wanted to do and what they continue to do is create products that have the highest margins. And so flavoring and chemicals to create a raspberry vodka, it's, it's actually quite simple and it's very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely a market for that. But for what we want to do is we wanted to create a premium product. Um, and using real ingredients, we're able to capture that. So to me, um, there's no other way to create a raspberry vodka uh, without using real raspberries. To me, if, you're gonna, if you want to buy a raspberry vodka, there should be real raspberries in that. Um, and I think it's just really going back to the basics. So when you look at products, sometimes people overcomplicate it or overthink it. Um, where we really just stick to the basics and let the fruit do the work for us. How much fruit are we talking in a 750-ml <laughs> bottle? Say, is that is that the default size for the raspberry vodka? Right, yes. Yeah. So there's close to two pounds of berries in every bottle. Wow. Right. So we make batches. We make small batches, about 100 cases, of, tw- and there's 12 bottles per case. So each batch has over 2,400 pounds of berries. So it's good for you. Like I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> can't make any health claims. I can't but, stand behind it. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but we, we can, can say that. It's brow. like fruit salad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's kind of talk about timeline. So when, like what year was it when you started the, the vodka business? So we officially launched in 2013. Cool. And then we also have this beautiful bottle of gin here. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about the gin? So the gin... Um, that was our first product outside of vodka that we decided to launch. Um, our holding company, I do want to launch more spirits. Vodka is just the start for us, so I do want to get into whiskey um, and gin being one of them. And that was a great test for us. And so we already have a great brand with Wild Roots. And with the gin product, we really wanted to create a product that is for all the gin fans. It's very clean, it's very crisp, it's straightforward, and it's really meant for the gin lovers. Mm-hmm. How did you start taking the products to market? Was this like a farmer's market thing? Was this through a distributor? How did you first start off? So we first launched at the Portland Berry Festival. Oh, Our products oh, in Oregon, in Oregon, we're unique where we can actually sell and sample products at farmer's markets, at mm-hmm. festivals, at events. And so we took advantage of that. We, we sampled and we sold at the Berry Festival, and then we went out to farmer's markets and started selling there. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so then how much later after 2013 did you get into um, the cannabis industry with Wild? Right, that was three years, three years later. So okay. right when it became legalized in Oregon, that's when we um, decided to launch Wild. And why did that, why did you decide to do that? You know, it's not every, not every, um, it's not a, a really a category that becomes legalized for the first time in, in people's lives. And that's something that I really couldn't pass up on. Mm-hmm. So something we've been hearing a lot about is major liquor brands um, investing in cannabis mm-hmm. products. Um, and a, a lot of the reasoning we hear for that is, um, you know, the big, huge umbrella brands are um, worried that recreational marijuana is going to take the place of recreational alcohol use. Um so, you know, it kind of makes sense as like this big strategy that there's this huge investment going on. But I think it's kind of cool that you guys as, um, you know, a, a fairly young company were making a similar move. And I wonder, like, did you confront that question? Do you think that's a real thing? You know, at this point, like, I'm not so sure that, it, that there's like that replacement economics going on. I'd love to know your thoughts. You know, I've, I've definitely read up on a lot of that. And that's a good point. Um, 
And I think that there will always be a time and place for alcohol. Um, and there will always be a time and place for cannabis. And it really comes down to these products being recreational and using it in more of a social setting. And so there's always going to be a time where you're drinking wine, um, whether it's wine, beer, or spirits, and there's going to be a time for cannabis. But you do see some consumers leaning more towards cannabis just because hey, you can have an edible or, or smoke a joint when you go to bed and not feel like you're waking up in the morning feeling bloated or hungover. So um, I do see some of those trends um, leaning that leaning that way, yes. Yeah. Um, and then can we talk a little bit about the design well, before we get to that, actually, I would love to know, in deciding to go into cannabis, what was the thought process in deciding that you were going to pursue similar flavors in the edibles that you have in the vodkas? Um, you know, Wild was also built upon uh, the roots of the Pacific Northwest. So it's a Pacific Northwest company. And so we utilize the fruits just like we used a lot, utilize the wild roots ones, too. So the raspberries, the marionberries, um, those were go-tos for us. Mm-hmm. Do you have specific farms that you work with, or do you grow your own berries for your own use, or how I does wish, that work? I wish I grew them all for my own <laughs> use, but um, as we continue to grow, it's becoming harder to source directly with one farm, but mm-hmm. um, with our cranberries, we do uh, source those directly from Johnson Creek Farms in Bandon, Oregon, so it's a little coastal town nice. uh, that's very known for their, their cranberries. Cool. So they're still all, all locally based. Right. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. For those cranberries, yeah. And then... In the case of both the spirits and the the edibles business, and then you're about to do sparkling beverages as well, since you don't necessarily come from the background of distilling or, um, you know, a culinary background, what's your process in deciding, like, I'm going to do this, and then who do you go to to help you figure out how to make these things? Yeah, so when we do have a new idea on whether it's a new flavor or a new product or category, um, we've built a great team around us, both in the, in the liquor side and the cannabis side. So it's really a collective help um, in getting everyone's minds and backgrounds and knowledge together and creating that product and making sure that um, we have the consumers at mind during the whole time. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure we have the best experience for every consumer. Um, and why did you decide specifically to go into like making gummies and not like chocolate or other edibles that people tend to enjoy? Or like tinctures. Yeah. Right. Well, we do have a line of chocolates, so we have some white chocolate options. Um, but gummies specifically, mostly because they're they're delicious yeah. <laughs> and pretty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, they do a good job of masking the taste of cannabis. So when you consume something, you definitely want to enjoy what you're consuming. So that was a large large part of it too. And then overall, the the categories of gummies is uh, the largest by far. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then are you carried in other states, like the, the THC gummies specifically, are they carried in other states besides uh, Washington? Um, so we launched in Oregon, and with, with cannabis, you cannot cross state lines oh, okay. with it. So um, we have been, over the last year, building out different facilities. So we just launched in California. Uh, we just uh, launched in Nevada, too. And then we are launching in Colorado and Michigan. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So will you, will you have the full line of products in the new states as well? Um, and, like, is that production process, like, pretty transferable? Do you, like, it, this is maybe, like, a not that educated question, but do you go through, like, a co-packer? Um, um, so we, we definitely avoid doing co-packing. Okay. Um, we don't license our rights to our brand. We definitely want to take full control so we can have mm-hmm. a consistent and high-quality product. Mm-hmm. So we want to be responsible for all that. Um, we 
have built a great team that can support that. But yes, we have to build out separate facilities and there's a lot of logistical nightmares that are sometimes not thought about. So we can't ship the same oil across state lines. We have to find new suppliers for those in every state that we operate in. And then wow. it's not just that, it's also training a whole new staff for production, yeah. uh, shipping, receiving, accounting. It's a lot of different pieces that are all variable that, that um, some people don't take into consideration. How are you at delegating? That is something I've had to learn to do, you know. <laughs> at one time, I was the janitor. I was the admin. <laughs> I was just about everything. So um, now I'm more of the person who does a lot of the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we grow, it, it's just a natural thing that I have to learn to delegate more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And then, so we have some of the CBD gummies here. And is it, they're going to be available nationwide soon? Or they are now? Yes, so our website will be live next month, and you can purchase those online. And um, that's available just about every state, so it is a national brand. Cool. And then, yeah, like I wanted to get into the design talk a little bit because both the spirits and the gummies and everything have, like, beautiful boxes and um, artwork on them. Um, How did that come to be, and who did you work with to develop, like, the look and feel of the products? Yeah, we've worked with a few different firms, and it's definitely changed over time. Um, But we did have a graphic designer and an artist actually um, paint all of our illustrations. So those are all specifically made for our products. We wanted to own the IP of that one. But the design really was um, trying to showcase the real fruit itself, trying to speak of the high-quality product itself. And so, you know, it's definitely very hard to stand out off on the shelf, especially with the liquor. So we wanted something that popped and, and really spoke upon our product. Can you talk about this beautiful gift box of vodkas? Yes. So that is um, a mini variety pack. So that one, that product there has one uh, flavor of each of our SKUs for the flavored ones. And um, what's like, what's a retail value on that? So that one in Oregon is $15.95. That's incredibly reasonable. Yeah. 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 What a beautiful gift. Yeah. 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 I would be so happy. Yeah, we first launched those during the holidays last year. Uh And at that time, we had seven, but we added on um, another product. So now it has eight different infused products, and that is for all the vodkas. Do you do um, cocktail recipes for these? We do. So those are all on our website at wildrootspirits.com. Cool. I thought you might. Um, We, before the show, um, got a little eager and sampled some of the raspberry um, and some of the gin. And um, I love the gin. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been like gently sipping on it for a while and it's <laughs> lovely. And I, I feel like gin isn't always like the most sippable liquor out mm. there, but this is, it's very smooth and pleasant. And I think, yeah, all the herbal flavors come through nicely and it's even room temperature and it's still lovely. Right. So. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. We do have another gin product coming out in the next month and that's our grapefruit cucumber gin. Ooh. So it's our first infused gin. Um, and so that one is very light, it's refreshing, and it's going to come in time just for the, the right months with the, with yes, the summer summary. months. Yeah. Um, you talked before about the color of these products, and uh, I think it is worth noting that these infused vodkas, you might think of vodka as being clear. These are not clear. They're deeply colored. Um, some, of the, some of the white kind of fruits are, are a little bit less so, but like this raspberry is drenched with color. Um, is that sort of preservation of the color a natural thing that happens during the infusion or are you having to kind of take great care in the process to maintain that 
Um, so the color is because we do a post-distillation uh, post infusion. So we're able to keep a lot of that color, the smell, the feel. Um, all that is able to stay so it's not, uh, say, distilled off. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the color is also there because of the amount of fruit we're putting in and because we're using real, real fruit. And does that fade over time or does that, um, I imagine you want to store these in the dark, but what, uh, how, do, how, do, how do they hold up? Right, so our products do have a shelf life on these ones. And if it's not opened, it's around a year. Um, if it is opened, it's about three to six months. It's depending on how you're using it. Doesn't mean it's going. That's still bad. really long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't necessarily go bad. It's just you'll notice a taste difference on it. Mm -hmm. um, but with using a real product and not having preservatives, um, it should it should have a, a real shelf life to it. Have you tried like hardcore aging any of them? You know the the cherry I've had over time. It was opened and then I came back to eight. Uh, eight months later, and it was turned into more of like a port tasting one. I actually, actually liked it quite a bit. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, it was. I'm into, <laughs> I'm into that. Um, should we take a quick break um, and come back and we'll taste, we tasted the raspberry, as Katie mentioned, which was delicious. We'll taste a couple more, um, talk about some of the flavors. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm having a really like love my job kind of day today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be back after this short break. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Sari Kamen. And I'm Leah Kurtz. And together we host Food Without Borders here on HRN. Immigrants make our food system vibrant, diverse, and delicious. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about how food connects them to their past as we explore what it's like to be an immigrant in the U.S. today. You can find Food Without Borders wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Thank you, Roberta's. We're back on HR and Happy Hour. We are with Chris Joseph of Wild Root Spirits and Wild Canna. And during the break, we all just went around and tried some of the CBD gummies. Oh, my God. This tastes like lemon meringue pie. <laughs> and it's so good. So Katie had the lemon. Mm -hmm. The um, really good. Mm. Priya, what did you have? I had the raspberry. Raspberry? I had that one, it's too. Yummy. It's really yummy. Mm -hmm. Hannah, what are you trying over there? I'm trying the lemon, too. It's, I'm partial. Rory, yeah. what did you have? Huckleberry. Yeah. How many, well, first are, like, how, how many are we allowed to have? Like, what's like, yeah, I'm like what's totally the dosage? What are the rules? Asks, how many are <laughs> we allowed to have? <laughs> right. So each um, each one of our our uh, CBD gummies are 25 milligrams, and so we view that as the appropriate amount of dosage for a single use. And it really depends on per user. So if, if you know if you need to consume more, you can. But this is a broad spec product, so there is no traces of THC. So you're not going to feel high from it. Um, there's still a lot of studies being done, so we can't really stand behind and say this treats uh, depression or, or um, anxiety 100%. But as a user of the brand and, and a user of CBD, um, I find it helpful for using it to um, 
deal with any kind of like headaches or body pains um, or help with anxiety or stress? Um, that is, they're, they're so delicious that it's like, okay, cool. Just had one reasonable dose, but it is very tempting to like go in and try them all right now. Okay. What, now what I'm go ahead. Hannah. What do you attribute? Like I've, I've, I've tried a few gummies in my lifetime and I have to say the <laughs> texture of these is really lovely. It's not like sticky. It really tastes like a very elevated dessert as opposed to like a, a gummy bear or you know, uh, so I'm curious, like, what is your secret to such a lovely mouthfeel and texture? You know, we've we've definitely developed a great team at Wild, and we do have a team of food scientists there, and they've worked for months and months and months to really perfect the product and work with not only the fruit, but um, everything that goes into our product and creating that product to make sure it has the perfect uh, result and outcome for our consumers. So it continues to get better. Um, it continues to improve. And that's all just because we want to create a product that's high quality for our consumers. It's lovely. So now we're trying some of the vodkas over here in this corner. Uh, we <laughs> we're just very tried- busy over Drunk here. corner. Haha. <laughs> 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 uh, we just tried the pear. Thoughts on pear, guys? I, I love it. Yeah. It's so, like, it's delicate, kind it's of. It's so peary. It's like, very peary. Yeah, it tastes like biting into a pear. It's, oh, it's so good. It's, like, better, though, because you don't get those little peary granules. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay, hold on to your seatbelts, because peach is coming. Oh, jeez, Louise. And it's Peach is um, my go-to right now. First, awesome. can I just share <laughs> that my, I grew up, um, my mom would sometimes make and her we had we had this sweet older friend and she was German and she would make this chocolate cake with chunks of pear in it and she would soak it in poor Williams and I want to make that with this and soak it please share yeah I'm I'm so hungry for that right now but this is so nice and fresh pear tasting okay time for peach yeah it's it's like nectary smell it and all these make great cocktails too and and the nice thing about these with having so much flavor with them is they're easy to make one two cocktails so uh, for the pear making a pear moscow mule is a great one Uh, with the peach you can do peach lemonade or peach with iced tea that one's great so peach sweet tea you are speaking to my alabama heart yeah (laughs) into it yeah i just also you could just do them with like some sparkling Mm. Right, water, you like, very easy. Yeah, it'd be really good with sparkling water. Summer, just the like this is one. summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Part part of me just forgot that they were vodka, and I was like, oh, you could just make like a really light soda, um, which you could, but it it would have it would be a vodka soda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I forgot that because it was so fruity and delicious. Yeah. The new vodka soda. I feel like college girls should be drinking this. Yeah, definitely. And they like the fancy ones. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, save yourself from the Smirnoff ice. <laughs> and, oh. yeah. uh, and, and the, and the like, vodka soda that's, like, tastes like nothing, so you have to put the lime in it. Like Exactly. Okay. We're, we're moving on. Yeah. We're moving up. Let's, yeah. let's develop our palate early, ladies. Yes. Level let's, up. Let's get information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, also let's replace the tradition of icing with... Wilding. Wilding. Yeah. Wilding. Wilding. Ah. Wow. I like that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. That one's free, Chris. I might need a trademark, though. You get 10% of whatever you make off of that. It's phrase. like very kindly <laughs> handing someone a beverage they want to drink. Yeah. That's right. the definition of wilding. Yeah. I feel like you should be wanted to 
to yeah. get wild. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not You're like taping into the yeah. top of a toilet seat. No. <laughs> no. At Cat in my that old That sounds job, like experience. That was a thing that actually happened. Still does, man. <laughs> Momofuku, anytime a chef leaves, yeah. they get iced. <laughs> and they, they love it, but they hate it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Um, so what, Chris, what is coming up next? So definitely the grapefruit cucumber gin. You'll have to keep your eyes yes. out for that. I'll have to bring bring you some too. Yes, please. Um, You're welcome back anytime. anytime. After that, we have our uh, canned beverages, both for CBD and for liquor. So we'll have a line of mixed cocktails pre-made in a can. And so those will be a raspberry lemonade, blackberry lemonade, raspberry lemonade, and just a raspberry or a lemonade vodka. I and need then, to go to the park yeah. with those. <laughs> they're light, like right they're refreshing. Now. Yeah. Uh, they're low alcohol, so you aren't feeling like you're getting hammered off of one. We want you to be able to enjoy them. Um, and then we're also launching our CBD-infused waters. And so those will launch in June as well. So that'll be a raspberry um, soda water type drink. Do you think you might ever go substance-free on a sparkling drink? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. It is boring. <laughs> Katie, sorry, come sorry. on. I'll keep that little to LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it LaCroix or LaCroix? Or well, LaCroix, as my husband calls it. LaCroix. The executive said it was LaCroix because I, I was a French major, so I spent so long correcting people. And then someone was like, no, like the executives are not French. And they're like, it's LaCroix. Could you, could you correct me in your correction voice? I'd be like, it's LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's LaCroix. <laughs> um, so kind of touching back on something with like CBD being, there's a lot of research being done around it right now. And it's obviously booming and everyone wants like a part of the CBD, whether it's a latte or a sparkling beverage or the gummies. So how, how much are you like keeping, you know, your finger on the pulse of like fluctuations between the market and research? And like, do you, do you worry about either one more than the other as far as how it will affect your business? You know, we definitely, we definitely keep our eyes on all data, uh, whether that's in THC, CBD, or even, even liquor too. Um, but right now we are just focused on creating a premium product that is going back to our values of, of um, using real fruit and ingredients and um, really focusing on delivering that more on a national level. Speaking of national, for our listeners who are in um, states where uh, your products are available and legal, um, what are some of the kind of experiences they can look for in the THC line of edibles? Um, as far as the effects that they'll get from them. Mm-hmm. You know, for the THC ones, uh, there's a product for kind of all all um, situations that you might want. And we have different products for that. So we have one-to-ones, we have sativa, we have indica. Um, and then, of course, we do microdosing. So that's one of the things we're most known for. So we want consumers to always be in control at all times. We don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or too high. So they really get to choose the, the amount of... of THC that they want to consume. So I always suggest doing one at a time or even doing a half of one, seeing what your your dose is, and then going from there. So we definitely want you to be in control and comfortable and be safe. I don't know if you mentioned this, but the THC gummies are five milligrams, right? Correct. They're five milligrams per So those. if you're taking half of one, it's 2.5, right. which is a great sort of like... It's a great starting point. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of on the same vein, like if someone is you know, from a state that's not, uh, doesn't have legal, uh, marijuana yet. And they go to Oregon to, and they want to go pick up some wild canna at a shop. What would you like recommend as a starting point? 
I like doing the um, uh, pomegranate itself. So that one is more of a one-to-one. -one. It's not as strong. Um, but also the, the huckleberry is my favorite. Uh, that one definitely has um, a flavor that I, I like most. And can you kind of explain the one-to-one, -one, like what, what that means? Yeah, so that's part um, CBD, part THC, so it's not going to be as strong with the THC content. Um, so when you do half of that one, you know, it's not going to be, say, as strong as a half of a, just a full THC one. Cool. All right. Um, okay, so any other burning questions on the uh, realm of spirits? Hannah. And on the spirit realm. <laughs> I have a few questions. Hey guys, we that. have a medium coming <laughs> in now. Uh, we're taking we're taking this theme in a really weird direction with a medium. Mm -hmm. um, and our studio is haunted as of this moment, <laughs> as you can hear. <laughs> um, all right, so I think at this point in the show it is time to do some trivia. And Chris, I don't know if we gave you a fair warning on this or not. Oh, no. But <laughs> don't worry. We have some trivia that Rory has helped me write. And don't worry that uh, other people in the room have not read the trivia, so you have help. We're You're on not your on your own. Got it. All right. We're, we're here for you. I'm also terrible at trivia, so sorry. Um, so this trivia theme is based on, because I feel like it's such a central component to the companies, is the fruit. So we've written some trivia around the flavors and the fruits that are in your products. And I have lifelines. Call you have friends. all the yeah. lifelines. Okay, good. We are your lifelines. Any yeah. lifelines you need. <laughs> All right, so question number one. <clears throat> Palm Wonderful LLC is a company that sells beverages and fruit extracts best known for their pomegranate juice. In 2011, they paid $1 million for above-the-title billing on the documentary The Greatest Movie Ever Sold. Who was the director of that film? Oh, sorry, what? Can you say the last part again? Okay, so this is about pomegranates. Um, palm, the pomegranate juice. We know the pomegranate juice, right? Yeah, 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 palm, yeah, yeah. wonderful. Okay, got it. In 2011, they paid a million dollars to be have above the title billing on the documentary, the greatest movie ever sold. That was literally a meta film about people paying. It was called the greatest movie ever sold. Ever sold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So, who directed so it? They did the product placement on the product placement movie. Yep. For a million dollars, who was the director of the product placement movie? Yep. I have yep. no idea. You guys know it. Is, hint. Is Google allowed? No. Okay. The hint is but guessing he is. also directed Super Size Me. Yes. Oh, oh um, Morgan Spurlock. There it is. All right. It gets easier from here, I think. <laughs> that was hard. Is it? Yeah, no, it does. Or it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's harder. Some of these, I was like, I'm not sure, like, culturally, where they're going to sit with people. No, these were great. These are, Rory held write these questions. They're awesome. Okay. Next question. General Francis Marion was the hero of the American Revolution that the Marion Barry is named after. What was his nickname that alluded to his skills at guerrilla warfare in low-lying terrain? Is this a rhyming Barry? Does it rhyme with Barry? No, it, the answer's not a Barry. It's, a, it's about Marion, who the Marion Barry is named after. Right, I just felt like it should be like a rhyme, like... Barry Harry or something. <laughs> what was his nickname? For guerrilla warfare skills. In low-lying areas. Will you do like... Mare! 
I don't know. What do you do? You, in low-lying areas in guerrilla warfare, you, like, crawl, you are s- hiding. Sneaky Marion. Sneaky Pete. Any revolutionary got, Mar- war fans out there? I feel like our mystery guest should know this, and he doesn't. Nope. <laughs> All right. So that's hard. You thought this was easier than the last question. That one might be harder. Listen, Rory is Irish and he probably has a better understanding of his national history than all of us Americans. We're like, what? Rory's like, all Americans know this one, right? Can <laughs> uh, we okay. have a hint, please? That is the hint. Like, the hint was in the question. Yeah, the hint's in the question. It's about good at, He was good at guerrilla warfare and low-lying terrain. What would low-lying terrain be? Swamps? Yes. Swamp. Swamp. And name an animal that's sneaky. Fox. Swamp fox. Wait, what? <laughs> no way. Stop. <laughs> How did he really? get that? Because he, cause he, was, he was like a swamp job, fox. Anna. Just okay. call him a swamp fox. <laughs> that's also not a very good nickname. It doesn't really roll so off the tongue. If you ever need to rebrand and you, 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 you can change your... Swamp fox. No, I'm taking that. Well, dude, swamp fox flavor. Got that's it. my new Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the next, the next like you getting know, iced is uh, wilding, and then it's like I got swamp foxed. My high school was called Marshwood. I feel like there could be some like swamp foxes there. I feel like I'm gonna find that on like Urban Dictionary or something like that. Uh, it's probably be a verb too. Don't look that. I don't up. want to. Either. Don't do that. Don't Google it. All right, question number three. In what 1993 movie does the fictional character? Does the fictional character Doc Holliday confront Johnny Ringo by saying, I'm your Huckleberry? <clears throat> it's a Western. I think it was more like, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard of I'll be your Huckleberry, but yeah. now I don't know the answer. It's a Western. I feel like that's also on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, cemeteries. Is Clint Eastwood in it? Cemeteries. No. What era of, is it like a spaghetti western? 1993. So like... 1993? What? <laughs> yeah. Dead people. Think cemeteries. Uh, graveyard. Mm-hmm. Mere close. <laughs> Clearly no western fans. Yeah. Disappointing. Uh, also think frozen pizzas. <laughs> Roberta's? Mm-mm. Do you know it? Tombstone? Tombstone! Tombstone. Thank you, Uh, Mr. Yes. Rory wrote some hard trivia. These are I also super wrote hard. This, this, this one, I was like, oh, they'll definitely know this. This is too easy. <laughs> I that this, one? I looked at the scene on YouTube and it had like five million views, and I was like, whoa. We are not among the five million. <laughs> yeah. A, a Venn diagram of Western fans and like podcast fans, very little crossover, I think. Yeah, it's a good scene though. There yeah. is a, there's a an Italian scene. film called Cemetery Man, which is like a very hokey zombie movie, which is very good, highly recommend. Okay. And there's also uh, you know a food movie that we all love, um, that is a Japanese knockoff of a spaghetti Western called Tampopo. 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 That's yeah. true. So that's the extent of my. Western slash cemetery film knowledge, I guess. All right, question number four. In popular culture, what does the phrase a huckleberry over my persimmon mean? <laughs> I love this question, by the way. <laughs> Whose pop right. culture is this? I'd rather not share. <laughs> what does, if I say, uh, should we do context? Like, 
Uh, Katie, figuring out how to raise a million dollars in a week is a huckleberry over my persimmon. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little much. Oh, persimmon. We know what a persimmon is, right? I know what a yeah. persimmon is. Yeah, yeah, surely. You never. It's like a. It's like. I've never seen one. I guess. We'll, if you we'll eat bring it, one. If you eat a persimmon before it's ripe, it will like make your mouth like pucker up painfully. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. We'll find you some, Rory. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, any ideas what that saying means? <laughs> is it just like a a hair too much? Yes, I'm going to give it to you. It okay. means it's a bit beyond my abilities. Hmm. All right. It's a huckleberry over my persimmon. Is the persimmon like your noggin? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if you're supposed to know what I, that means. I'm not sure I would call this pop culture. Wait, our huckleberry's not Well, huckleberries grow near the ground oh, and persimmons okay. grow in a tree. Oh, that's weird. So a huckleberry would only be over your persimmon if the persimmon fell. I think you're overthinking it. (laughs) (laughs) And next question. All right, last question. Last question. Strawberry Shortcake is a cartoon character originally used in greeting cards, but was later known from TV and film. What is her cat's dessert-sounding name? (laughs) (laughs) All of these are in her dictionary, and it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I we've never had trivia go, go off the rails <laughs> this much. Is it like whipped cream? Uh, close. Pudding. It's something that they serve at Shake Shack. A shake. Oh, uh, 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 custard. Yes, custard. Oh, yay! Is it a yay? I think we all just failed miserably. <laughs> Those were pretty hard. I'm sorry, there are like a hundred people in this room. We and don't we're all always like, make uh... it like this ruthless. Uh, but you actually, our trivia is always really hard. Rory that, was out for blood. Particularly ruthless. <laughs> I was just going on what you said. Like I didn't, I had no context for the trivia. You were like, I was like, right make trivia. It as loosely based on something, but make and it, like, make as, it as really as hard. As no, Rory, <laughs> you did. You've done well. You did great. <laughs> you did great. It's meant to be insane. So now that we've hazed you, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Chris, it's been really a joy having you on HR and Happy Hour. Yeah, and, thank you. And uh, we're really excited to share some of these infused vodkas. We probably won't share the gummies because we're going to have them no. all for ourselves. They're, right. they're really good. Hope you enjoy them. Um, but thank you. And uh, we're very excited to check out your new cucumber yeah. and grapefruit gin. Yeah, so I'll have to give you guys some of that. Yes, please. And thank you for having me. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. I'm so pleasure. glad that you've been on HRN now. And uh, we'll have to connect with you when we're in Portland. Absolutely. Yes. We will be there in September, if not before. Perfect time. Yes. Awesome. All, all right. right. That's been our show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Thursday because, no, we won't. It's break. Just kidding. Unless we'll s- unless we do. We might see you. You know us. We pop in. We pop out. But we'll be back um, at the very latest. We'll be back week of May 7th, which is when our new season begins. Uh, check out the full lineup of shows at heritageradionetwork.org. Don't forget, it's almost summer membership drive time, so please don't forget to become a member early by visiting heritageradionetwork.org it means I'll donate. bother you less if you do Yeah, I mean, just if you want Hannah to call you like endlessly, you could just wait. But it would just really uh, be wonderful if you would become a member soon. And we will thank you personally and uh, really look forward to having you in the HRN family. 
I write a lovely thank you note. She does. In case you're wondering. She does. Learn for yourself. If you designate HR and happy hour, we'll all send you a special message. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, so cryptic. (laughs) Whatever it is, it's going to be special. Thank you in advance for your support. And uh, the more you can help us during that summer membership drive, the less we'll have to bother you in the fall. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of HR and Happy Hour. And uh, in the meantime, remember to check out the archive and subscribe. And don't forget to subscribe to Meet and 3 if you're not already listening. Because there you will hear a um, similar team as you hear on HR and Happy Hour. Um, but really focusing on a lot of different stories all crammed into a short 15-minute burst that you can listen to on your walk to the train or whatever you do yeah, when you get to and giggling, from your places. But just as good. Just slightly. Cool. All right. That's our show. See you next time. You won't, unless we're real fucked up. Let's drink the night all the way, all the way. I was told all the times that I had no hope. I was told a thousand times that I make no hope. HR and Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com heritage. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.